As I said at the beginning of Mass, it is a great joy to be able to celebrate today with Juan Maria as he was ordained yesterday as a deacon for our small society as we keep on growing. It's great to see, you know, one more man, one of us being ordained to a diaconate and in the future to the priesthood. And so that's a great joy. But an even greater joy, I, sh I should say, is that when we get together with the St. John Society and we play soccer, we split teams, and we play the ordained against those who are still in formation. And so he's a pretty good soccer player. It's a great joy to have him in our team now. Mm -hmm. That's how we recruit, mm -hmm, by soccer skills. I want you to picture for a moment with me that picture from the Acts of the Apostles. We see an amazing friendship going on in that moment. Barnabas and Paul. And they met when Paul just converted to the faith. After that great encounter that he had with the recent Christ, he converts and then Barnabas was the one who trusted him, and he, we could say, put him under his wing because nobody would trust Paul who was persecuting Christians formerly. And so Barnabas is the one who put him under his wing, and he befriended him, got to know him, and then he was the one who brought him into the community and said, guys, we are safe. He's my friend. I know him. He's a friend of the Lord as well. And then after that, we read that they started missioning together. As the Lord had said, two by two, they started going, you know, into the known world in that moment, in all these missionary trips. And as someone who has gone on many missionary trips in different parts of the world, I tell you that those things can really bond you together. You grow in amazing friendships in those moments. I can recall this moment, for example, praying early in the morning in this lost island of St. Lucia in the Caribbean Sea and just praying as the sun was coming out with the Psalms and just looking at the whole island and wishing that the fire of Christ may burn in all of those hearts. And we can also see Paul and Barnabas maybe sailing in the Mediterranean Sea and opening and scrolling their books of the Psalms and praying the Psalms as the sun was coming out over the sea. Or at night, maybe with a dim candle as the only witness and sharing the stories of what God had done in that day. An awesome friendship that they built in the Lord. And when they would reach those towns, that we hear all these names that they were going to, people didn't know them. People could not look up their pictures on the internet and try to see how they looked like before they came. They didn't wear a cross. They didn't wear any habit that would, you know, set them apart from the rest. There was no way for anybody to know who Paul and Barnabas were. But there was one thing, only one thing that would make them stand out from the crowd. And those are the words of Jesus. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This 
is how all will know that you are my disciples. People knew. They would see that friendship of Paul and Barnabas, and they knew. It is the Lord. There's something more to them. It's not just these two men, this amazing friendship. There's something more to them. There's the Lord among them. Very quickly, it was the friendship in Christ that became their trademark. And we could say that Christ came onto this earth to save us and to give us a new life. But so that we can share that in awesome friendships with others where Christ is in the center so that the whole world may know who our Savior is. So the Son of God, we could say, in coming onto this world, He did it in a human form and through a human experience such as friendship. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love his disciples? In friendship. He befriended them. He even says, I don't call you slaves. Because the slave doesn't know what the master is about. You are my friends. I call you friends. I have come down so that you can also call me friend. Jesus became their friends. His friends. And if we look at the life of Jesus, he spent a disproportionate amount of time with his friends if his mission was only going to last three years. It is amazing the amount of time that he's just with his friends. And I think that Jesus would say, this is the mission. I have been doing it full time through these friendships. This is it. I came to build these awesome friendships with this group of disciples. And they as well, they will build new friendships. So Christian friendships accomplish two goals in this world. In the first place, I think that they teach us what friendship truly is in a world that might be so lost in terms of friendships. Christ came to befriend us, to be a friend, so that we can learn what friendship truly is. And it also becomes a means to the proclamation of the gospel. It is through friendship that the gospel has spread throughout the whole world. So today, I would like to expand briefly on that first aspect of friendship. Friendships in Christ that help us to understand what friendship truly is. And we know that as the world moves farther away from God and also from its proper goal and purpose because we are made by God and we are made for an eternal destination and so the more we go away from that eternal destination, the more we let darkness into our souls and into our hearts, we also lose sight 
of human experiences themselves. There's many real human experiences that become blurry when we are far away from God in a world that could be far away from God in so many ways. One of those human experiences is friendships. We all need friends. We know that. We all enter into friendships as we grow up. And we need friends for many reasons. We need friends for spiritual reasons, of course, but we need friends also you know, for emotional reasons, psychological reasons, even to be able to attain our goals in life. We know that we need others. We need friends. But why are friendships diluted in the world today? Because we can say that we don't hate others or we are not angry at others many times. But the true opposite of friendship and love is indifference. Indifference. When we are indifferent to others around us, when we grow cold in our hearts. Juan Maria was telling me yesterday a story from John Henry Newman that he heard, he read from him. Newman said once, that he had a realization that 10% of his life was devoted to love others. And 90% of his life was devoted to not failing, to success. But he was in the center. And so he had a conversion moment. We could say uh, a conversion of love, a conversion of friendship, a conversion away from indifference into loving others and becoming a better friend in that moment. And we can say that he truly, you know, reversed that 90 to 10, but the other way around. What is indifference? I think that there's three eyes in indifference. The first one is, I don't know. The second one, I don't care. And the third one, I don't ask. And of course, we don't say these things so plainly to others. We don't say, you know, I don't care about you. But many times what, what we show with our attitudes when we grow indifferent to people, when we want to be not attached to them, we grow in these three eyes. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't know what's in their hearts. I don't know what they are up to. I don't care. I don't know if I really care for them. I have enough on my plate already. And I don't ask. It's not my place. Maybe I see that something is going on. But I don't want to ask. Indifference in the Bible can be summarized with the question of Cain about his brother Abel after he killed him. He said to God, Am I my brother's keeper? That is the question of indifference. Am I my brother's keeper? Why should I care? And of course, these are strong words. But many times we can grow indifferent. And I think that many times in the world, these are the type of friendships 
Yes, friendships for good moments, friendships for sharing different times, but not really committed. When friendship is always committed. C.S. Lewis, he said once, if there's one word that we cannot be, that cannot be used for friendships, that is safe. Love is never safe. Friendship is not indifferent. If you enter friendships, they will transform you. And you will transform them too. Hopefully for the better. So Jesus said, as I have loved you, loved you. So friendship of, the friendship of Christ is shown in many, many ways, of course. But I think there's two main characteristics that really set him apart. What he has done for us and what he will do for us. So let's go to the first one, what he has done for us. He laid down his life for us. Jesus said, there is no greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is the ultimate sign of friendship. If he has done that for, for you, for me, what do you think that he would spare in love of you? And John, who was the best friend of Jesus, we could say, or at least that's what he said because he wrote in his gospel that he was the beloved disciple. He says in his first letter, the way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us. But then he continues, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So are you willing to lay down your life for your friends? And maybe that seems like a lot tonight. But that looks in an ordinary way, maybe like staying up late when a friend needs to be listened at. Making yourself more vulnerable so that you can open your heart to them. Maybe going deeper in the friendships that you already have, beyond that surface level where we all feel comfortable. Maybe doing something that I don't like so much, but because the other person likes it and relates to that. So this is the first aspect, how Jesus had taught us about friendships, what he's done for us. He laid down his life for us as the ultimate sign of friendship. But also what he will do for us. Jesus is the loyal friend, we could say. And we read in that second reading from the book of Revelation today that Jesus promised that he will be the one who will receive us in heaven. He said, I will be at the door. I will be ready to catch you on the, on the other side, on that eternal life that I made you for. And I promise that I will be the one who will wipe away all tears from your face so that you may rejoice with me in an awesome friendship. 
Jesus is loyal. He's loyal till the end. And loyalty is the opposite of selfishness. Loyalty means putting the you before the me. I want what you want more than what I want. That is true friendship. You can read the whole life of Jesus on that key. Read the Gospels on that key. He always put the you before the me. He never thought of himself. He was always thinking about others. Even when he corrected them and, or when he was harsh in his words to them, he was thinking more about them, what was best for them, than for him. So that is the second trademark of the friendship of Jesus Christ. True loyalty. Showing up, being present at important moments, trusting others. Jesus lives in us. And he makes us capable of these awesome friendships. He's the one who, through the Eucharist, he comes to live in our hearts so that this is not only a commandment, but something that he does in us. And so that through these Christian friendships that we enter, we can raise the bar of all friendships in our lives. So may we invest in this week in more Christian friendships, and in the Christian friendships that we already have, that they may raise the bar of what it means to be a friend. Who is going to be your Barnabas? Who is going to be your Paul? What will you resolve to do tonight that will make you look more like Christ, the friend of our souls?